Hello and welcome back to uh, episode 11 of War Stories with B-Rax. It's December 8th, 2020 and I'm a little bit behind schedule, but that's only because, by the grace of God, uh, a guy gave me a call and it just happened to be when I was going to correct myself timeline-wise. He was involved with something very important that happened and... uh, it was just awesome to hear from him out of the blue. I hadn't heard from him in since 2009, since before I went to Afghanistan. And uh, the one, the only, Joseph Poquez. How are you? Uh, hey, I'm doing well. How about yourself, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing all right. Long, long, long day at work, but no complaints. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, before I called you, it's been years, years. Yeah, since, what, 2009, like you said. Uh that uh or even yeah 2009 is the last time that i got to go and see you mm-hmm. so it's, it's been a it's been a while it's been a long time actually <laughs> yes it has uh, i think we've both had some ups and some downs um oh, and it's a it's a process every single day um yeah, one day at a time but uh so i wrote out some questions and yeah. uh i sent them to you so you could kind of mull over them um so Start and this is not super formal. Um, we're obviously going to go off on tangents and funny stories and stuff like that. Hopefully, a lot of funny stories. Um, but uh, yeah, so starting with the first one, who are you and where are you from? And what, how old are, were you and what situation were you in when you joined the Navy? So, um, uh, my name is Joseph Pokies. Uh I was a doc with 2 3, uh, but um, basically, I was 19 years old. Um, you know, I was really just con- I was going to college at the time, and just wasn't working out for me, man. It, my, I would, the maturity level wasn't there. Uh, yes. You know, I just wanted to <laughs> hang out with friends, and and um, just I was just doing Joseph things at that time. And um, I just remember, like, honestly, uh, one night being with my friends in Fremont, and. Um, I like to go and tell my mom and my family this, and, and the kids, that, um, you know, some, sometimes, you know, like, God will go and guide you, and I'm not trying to get all religious, I'm just saying, uh, you know, you get this sense, uh, whether it be danger or the next right move to go right or left, and I just was getting the sense that I was supposed to join the military, and I was so against it at that time, um, just because it being in the Bay Area, it's really liberal. <laughs> uh, my dad was a Marine, or is a Marine, uh, from, you know, is a Marine, uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, you know, my grandpa was, uh, was a uh, warrant officer, and then my grandpa on my other side was a Master Chief. So it was like, um, and I bumped heads with just the males. So it was like, I said I'd never join the military. <laughs> So that's that's what's uh, really cool about uh, what I believe about, uh, you know, uh, man, this gun club has been around for 200 years. They know what they're doing. They'll mold you uh, into what you need to be molded into. And then as time goes by, you pick and choose what you feel like, hey, stays with you. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, I... I was sort of the same way. I was sort of a, a fuck up. <laughs> um, like I knew that if I went to college out of high school that I wouldn't do pretty well or do very well. Um, and so 
yeah, for me, it's like I had no other option. But, uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you did join. Yeah, for I, sure. You know, uh, when, when the, you know, when the Twin Towers went down, it was like, hey, I remember I was in world history class and had two more years to go and graduate. And it was just like all the guys on, you know, either sports teams, et cetera, like baseball, football. We get a couple of guys that actually did go and we all left together and um, we just all went different areas. So it's just really, really cool how, um, you know, uh, when I, when, you know, knowing, uh, you know, going, going back to what actually motivated me was the Twin Towers, but it was like, hey, I do want to go and do something with my life too. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Were you in high school or college when that happened? I was in high school. Okay, yeah, me too. I was a freshman. Um, but uh, all right. So when you did join, why did you decide to go with the Marines, or was that a choice? Like, how does that work in the Navy? So how it works is when you uh, when you become a doc, uh, you go through your you know um, you go through your boot camp. And then you have to go through a C school, which is generally, uh, you know, three to six months because uh, you could go, go in an accelerated pace. And so when you get through all that, basically you're learning how to go and do, um, you know, BLS, CPR, and uh, different uh, hospital terminology. Mm -hmm. Going through all hospital terminology first, and then you get into, you know, what a foreman is and history, et cetera. Uh, so after the six months, um, you know, you end up graduating, and it's called a quad zero uh, for our NEC, our Naval Enlisted Code. So for you know for the for the grunts for the line, you know, O three, O three eleven, etc. For us, it was quad zero. And then uh, when you go and get a, um, some people get a choice, some people don't. I kind of was just going uh, with the wind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know? mm -hmm. And. Um, and then I, I saw Third Marine Division, and I honestly I, I said to myself, Hawaii, hell <laughs> <Where are> you. <laughs> no, I got you. I had the complete opposite uh, reaction when I heard that we were going to Hawaii. Because you remember Macklefresh? Yeah. From Echo, he was in my, he was like my buddy in in SY, and like, hey, where do you want to get stationed? He was like, Hawaii, and they're like, you're in luck. You're all going to Hawaii, and I was like fuck this like i was not stoked because i'm from virginia so that's like way on the other side of the planet but that's cool that you got to choose that yeah well i mean uh so it was that uh third mark div where i could go and do a tech school and i was like i want to go to hawaii i don't want to go <laughs> i don't want to go do a tech school and then they're like well what are you gonna do if you go over with the marines they're like and there were a lot of moto people around me. So, like, you don't want to just go and do that. Like, what did you join for? And I'm like, uh, let me do a little more research. And so I was like, <laughs> so I was really doing research behind this. And I was like, and remember Hughes, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I remember Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like he was there. And, um, you know, he, uh, I, I heard he was going over a third mark dip, too. And we ended up both going over there. And, um, but I'm getting ahead of myself, but it was just like that, uh, that whole experience. It's like you end up going through that whole quad zero training and then you get, you get, sometimes you get a choice, sometimes you don't. Uh, but for me, it was like, Hey, I want to go to Hawaii. I want to go and get the experience. 
you know, and I, I got, like, shown, hey, what exactly, exactly, exactly a Coleman's going to go and do. Because at that time, it was like, hey, my recruiter, hey, go to a hospital, get college done, you know, you're not doing anything right now. Go do something, you know, uh, get the experience. And as time uh, went by, I started to just say, well, my dad is a Marine. Like, I wouldn't want, I, I would want to take care of him. Uh, so, and I ended up going over to Third Mar Div. That's awesome. So I just, I just thought of something. That story is awesome. So you chose Third Mar Div before boot camp, or that's after boot camp? That was after boot camp. Okay, okay. Yeah. Now, to interject for the listeners, um, in case you don't know what a corpsman is, corpsman is our medic. And I don't know if I've ever really explained that, but, like, we don't have medics in the Marines. We have Navy corpsmen. So they're, they're, there's one in every squad, or if you're lucky, there's one in every squad. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> sometimes there's not. Um, but uh, they turn out to usually be, like, the best dudes that we had, which is very good for us. Um, all right. So... So what what uh what were your impressions of the schooling like especially the greenside schooling like the, in the mountains of I would say, oh mountains of Pendleton right yeah or yeah. so um you know totally different uh you know of course because of the fact that you're going through boot camp and then you're at a C school so you're sort of still at boot camp mm-hmm. um uh, on blue side uh you know they're more a, uh, just like every branch, hopefully, uh, you know, stick to rank, uh, you know, etiquette and bearing. And then, but when you got to uh, FMSS at the time, it was known as Field Medical Service School. Now, uh, this day and age, it's called uh, Field Medical Training Battalion, FMTB. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and it's uh, it's always going to be known as Devil Doc University. Has a really cool, uh, uh, you know, bulldog with a with a spike collar, and then you, you have your deuce as a, as a, you know, dog tag, whatever. But I would say my impression uh, getting there was, you know, you check in, and then that night uh, when you're, uh, you know, anxiously waiting for what's going to happen, they wake you up in the middle of the night. So it's the second boot camp. So it's like um, the fact that you go through a second boot camp as a Navy corpsman to go to, you know, be with the Greenside, uh, to go to FMF, uh, to fleet, that it's like, I think that it really tests your morale because you're like, you get some freedom and you're just like, wait, I have to go back to boot camp? <laughs> yeah, that's not, I, I could, I could only imagine because like I, yeah. People wanted me to go recon, or they, like, forced some of us to try out, and I was just like, I don't want to be a boot again. And this is when I was at SOI before I even realized that, like, you're going to be a boot for, like, forever. (laughs) Like, basically. (laughs) So, uh, you know, honestly, that's, so, um, you know, going through that school. So it's eight weeks long, and basically you're going through, you know, it's a lot of PT. You get to go through an obstacle course. Um, you know, you get one, um, you know, uh, first class petty officer, which is E6, and one staff sergeant in a platoon. And so they mimic the platoon sergeant mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, and your, uh, your lieutenant. And so it's just like, uh, your platoon commander. And so it's like, uh, they teach you the etiquette between Marine and also Corman. 
And so, uh, and then how, how, uh, how in different battles, you know, the doc was always with them mm-hmm. that were, that were the only enlisted, uh, you know, so they go and build up a spree de corps where, you know, where you have pride in your job where it's like, Hey, um, we're the only enlisted corps. So it was just like, and, uh, we were the ones that get to go with parades. And so it's a privilege and an honor. Mm-hmm. So as time built up, then that's when I started to get motivated, and I was like, "Okay, this is this is what's things are shifting. Hey, I'm going with the wind right now." And uh, and so as uh, graduated Aprilish and April of 2006 mm-hmm. uh, from uh, FMSS, and then I went over and checked into Third Mardiv, and um, and uh, basically I came across. Uh, HM3 at that time, uh, Lobby Lit and Lobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he was the one I would say I'll give uh, credit to that he was the one that formed me instead of going with the wind to go and actually have, uh, you know, uh, determination or point me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the first time you just jogged my memory because I haven't even, like, thought about him but wasn't he like a stud like was he was like a freak when it came to like physical stuff like he was like better than all the marines i think wasn't yeah, he, he was, <laughs> like he was like a knight like a psycho <laughs> yeah no he, he just really loved uh running triathlons uh you know he he would always tell hughes and i uh because him and hughes and i we were you know under under lobby but we were like his problem, problem child, like problem kids. So we just our little brothers, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, he would just show us the ropes. But yeah, he was a, a big PT stud. Before he left Q3, he ended up going to fourth, fourth recon, and he got his dive bubble. And um, so he stayed in Hawaii. He stayed in Hawaii, and the plans were, uh, you know, throughout the leadership that he was going to go and become a PA, a physician, just mm-hmm. or a doctor. Um, you know, so we just all saw really, you know, but after, after we, uh, before we started going on our second deployment, you know, he shifted to fourth, fourth recon and we didn't really see the guy again. Yeah. I was about to ask, you didn't really keep in touch with him? No. Um, that's too bad. Yeah. It just, it really, you know, I tried reaching out just, you know, um, you know, sometime during that time frame. It's like sometimes you isolate so you don't have to go and think about certain things. Mm-hmm. Certain, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah, that, so that, that was about it. Like, I reached out to him, but then I guess I just didn't really want to go over the stuff that, you so, know, that's how it is. Yeah, I got you. So, other than Lavi, were you impressed when you got to the fleet, or were you like, what oh, the I fuck is this? Oh, I was really impressed. I was just like, uh... I was also a little scared, man. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, uh, the Marines were really, uh, you know, you get to Mackie Hall and, uh, you know, people are drinking, hanging out on the balcony. It, it reminded me of, like, being in a, on a sports team and then having your own, like, hey, if we were able to go and have our own place to stay, that's what it was. It was like, hey, all these athletes that are, some of them are goofy, some of them are mean, some of them are just hella funny. But I remember when I first got to Mackie Hall, uh, um, I, I remember Alonzo 
uh, breaking someone down into Craig Russ. He was just laying into him. Oh, I, yeah, I remember. He he definitely fucked me up a bunch. <laughs> a lo- it was Alonzo and, um, God, what was his name? He, he always ran with a dude. I think the dude was Apache. Oh, what was his name? He always he always hung out with this one dude. It was they were a duo, and they would just like mess you up. God, what was his? I, I wish I remembered his freaking name. I just remember that um, you know Cosio was really close with. Mm-hmm. Cosio was the third one. Yeah, they're like yeah. a trio. Yeah, and then Cosio ended up you know as he went up higher in rank, he, I saw that the leadership was separating him mm-hmm. from the rest of the guys, and I was like, okay. Yeah. But no, I w- it was it was it, and I I would say you know uh, clinging on to the first couple people that I met you know uh, like Forty or DQ, mm-hmm. uh, Morris was there at the time you know and it was like hey, everybody was all just like um, I guess all you guys just first got there and it was raining like crazy. Like, I just remember everybody telling me, like, hey, do you like rain? Because it's not stopped raining. <laughs> yes, yeah, I do. It rained for, like, 50, over 50 days straight or something. Like, it, like, set the world record or something. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. And we were just out there standing or doing push-ups in the rain all the time. Or yeah, something. And that was, that was uh, a big, like, not a huge difference, but I would say that... Um, I remember when I would get to when I got the fleet, like because all the Marines really wanted to toughen me up. They're just because I was saying a lot of weird things, man. I was saying stuff like a, a blue side corpsman mentality would say is, "Oh, we're really gonna run through all that mud." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, we'll see. I guess my uh, I was closest with Plunkett out of all the corpsmen, and I remember him just being like. Y'all are just a bunch of drunk losers. Like, like this is like he had like a different mentality than you. Like, he was just like, you guys are idiots, and I'm like more in shape than all of you. And it's just kind of like, so I didn't know if you had the same mentality coming from FMF or FMSC or sorry, I can't remember the exact acronym. Uh, yeah, from no, from Field Med. Yeah, from uh, Field yeah, Med. It was, not, it was not until Lobby got a hold of me, and then another uh, another corpsman uh, at the time. Now he's a chief, but. His name was HM3 Uggen. Uh, they bas- basically hazed me. Mm-hmm. They hazed me around the whole, uh, the whole um, you know, base and was, uh, you know, stopping by every pull-up bar. And was like, hey, jump up there. Yep. And, uh, and so from there, that's when you started to, I don't know, basically see, or at least see myself going just, hey, if I'm not working out uh, with, the, with the platoon, with the, with the company, then I'm going to go and work out on my own because I'm not going to be one of the guys that fall out and then I'm representing golf company and also a corpsman where mm-hmm. we already get shit that we're, we're Navy. Mm-hmm. You know? And back then we, we wore our Charlies like every Friday or something. I remember that. We like, right. we like dressed up a lot on that workup when we didn't on any of the other ones. And so it was always like the, the dudes in the Cracker Jacks and then us in like our Charlies. So you guys, like, stuck out, like, sore thumbs, I remember. Yeah, we would go and hang out before, you know, we would go and get with you guys, and then it would just, hey, it would be the dog and pony show. Yup. <laughs> but, I mean, it was, it was a really, it was a big impression on me. It was just like, 
wow, uh, there's just so, this is just such a, a strong atmosphere, if I could put it like that. I agree. I was definitely a little bit blown away when I got there. Um, but I, and I, and so unlike you, I wasn't stoked to go to Hawaii. So were you stoked on Hawaii when you, when you were there? Were you like, this is what I wanted. It's beautiful. Or were you... I got, um, so as soon as we landed, Hughes and I, and also this guy Soto, uh, there's a couple other guys, but regardless, um, our HM2 at the time, he, he was like, hey, um, don't go buy a car, don't go get a surfboard, uh, you know, hey, you go to the beach, but just know that, uh, we're on call, we're deploying, and, uh, you know, we're gonna go to CATS. Uh, this summer, uh, so that leaves us 60 days, and we got to get all the shots done within these 60 days. So I was like, "So you guys sort of had some like administrivia nightmare to take care of." Right. So, so with that being said, it was like I kind of got like, "Oh man, all right, well it's all work, no play. We're we're gonna," and that's how I explain it. Still, it's like, "Hey, we got to play." I wish I didn't go and drink as much uh, during that time and enjoyed the island, but hey, you know. <laughs> no, that's that's the same here. It was, it was like, oh, what did you do when you got off? Uh, my squad leader made me like shotgun beers with them, and then we were just like drunk, like twenty four seven outside of work. And uh, but I, we were also underage, so it's not like we could go out in town and like do stuff, you know. Um. Okay, so so you 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 got into your platoon. Which, and that was first platoon, right? Yeah. With Gunny Lavelle. And, uh, and at that time, it was uh, um, Lieutenant Wynn. Yes. Um, which, I liked him. Did you like him? He was cool, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, very proper. You know, I would say very professional. Yes. Uh, Maybe yeah, too much, a little bit. Yeah, because I, um, I would say you guys or... Hey, uh, or, yeah, a lot of different, um, vocabulary, and he would say, uh, say, instead of saying you guys, gentlemen, gentlemen. <laughs> like, correct, did you? Okay, okay. <laughs> but, uh, for the most part, he just wanted to train, uh, you know, and, uh, and then he stayed away from the guys. He, he kept that. That big that cut, moment. yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so he was your platoon commander and when you went into PTA, how was PTA? Anything, anything stick out for you that you'd like to talk about or was PTA kind of just cold lava rocks? Uh, you know, um, I just, man, so, okay, PTA, it was miserable for me because of the fact that, um, I... I don't know. I was just so, like, motard when it came to, like, gear, when it came to, like, sleeping gear and stuff like that. I was like, I'm going to buy that little <laughs> Ricky Recon. Yes, dude, the Recon. Yes, dude, yes, the Recon. I wonder how many people did that and then regretted it. Oh, it was the most horrible decision. So you were just, like, frozen? <laughs> oh, man. I was just, like, I was dying. I didn't get to go to PTA until after, actually, the second tour. Um, like, because when, during that admin time, 
uh, when the first 60 days, you guys left for, P- you guys were, I think, were coming back from PTA. Uh, or I'm getting my time for Oh, you didn't go with First Platoon on that first workup? On that first workup. I only, I went to Oh, yeah, that's weird. And went, yeah, and when I went to catch, then that's when everybody was like, Who's the, why, why haven't you been with us, dumb boot? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, who the fuck is this guy? I could see that. Yeah, dude, so I was like, oh, man, like, and then, uh, who really was just, just trying to form me, and I, and I respect that, even till today, uh, one of the Marines is, uh, was Corporal Shavu. Shavu would, uh, like, he would just... Man, he would just get on me, and then, uh, remember Johnson? Mm. Uh, there's a ton, there's a ton of Johnson. Yeah, uh... But, um, oh my gosh, man. So, uh, were, were they our seniors, or were they super seniors? Yeah, they were, uh, no, they were our seniors. They okay. First. Yeah, uh, they went on that, uh, you know, they went, went over to Afghanistan before, so they were our seniors, not super seniors. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, that was a tangent, but no, I'm just thinking about all the guys from first platoon now. No, that's that's why we're doing this, dude. Go, we can go as far off kilter as we need to. Doesn't matter. Let's just talk. This is good stuff. So you showed up at CAX, and besides being the new boot corpsman who doesn't know, I don't know who, no one knows. Like, so what? Uh, anything crazy happened for first platoon at CAX? funny was uh, Herman, Tyler Herman, who is machine gunner, uh, he's our senior too, he ended up getting attached, uh, attached to first platoon for CACs and then for Iraq, but um, uh, when I first got to CACs, you know, I didn't, I didn't go to any of the training that you guys went to, I was just fresh, so it was like, I was so excited to see what was going <laughs> to Like, the field, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so... And so uh, I said out loud, I'm so excited. And like, <laughs> and uh, the seniors were like, you're so fucking dumb. <laughs> like you're not actually allowed to enjoy yourself at all. Like you have to just be miserable and then just sulk in your misery. Yeah, I remember that kind of. So uh, just that first tax was the most horrible. <laughs> oh my gosh, like, I just, I just don't even, man, such heat, and just sleeping in Connex boxes. Yes, I do remember being blown away by the heat, even though I actually have family in 29 Palms, like, not even related to the Marines at all, so I've actually been there before, and I remember being like, this place is the weirdest, most miserable place on earth, and then when we go for 29 Palms, just being like... Wow, we can make this even worse than it already is. <laughs> like, and being a boot was like, oh man. I, I, but I, but I was really impressed with. Um, it just seemed like everybody was really proficient and like really in shape, and it just seemed like it like that one went very well oiled. Do you remember right. feeling that way? Like, yeah, um, I do. I do feel like. Um, Especially the comparison between first and second deployment. Um, it was like, man, uh, we had such a 
a good tempo. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was like, wow, we're really always going. Uh, especially going in between ranges. I really like uh, range 400 just because of the fact that it was like, I've never seen, you know, uh, Bangalore's go off or, you know, yeah. or, or just the, the whole how a unit goes and attacks an objective together. Mm-hmm. You know, to go and see, uh, you know, you're studying about all these infantry tactics and how it comes together, how much planning you have to have, how much uh, communication, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, and I explain it to the family is like, you know, it's like, it's almost like uh, you have to coordinate. It's like, it's like a show. It's like one big show. And, um, you know, and it's really cool because you got all these personalities that you may not necessarily agree, but you agree with one thing is that, hey, we got to get this done because, hey, to the left, to the right of us, there's someone we care about. And so, um, so it was just, it, it was just really cool to see how everything came about. Um, yeah, the key. And then, um, it, I really liked how, uh, you know, uh, when it was really hot, we would get to sleep outside mm-hmm. and just be with, be with all the guys. And, uh, you know, we're so young then, uh, you know, early, uh, like I said, I was 19, 20 when I, when I got over to, to, um, Hawaii and then here at Cax, it's like, Hey, we're doing like basically a little sleepovers type shit. Yeah, we're all yeah, we're like we're just hanging out under this cami netting for shade all day and like joking each other. Yeah, it was it was definitely some of the best time of my life. And like I have good friends now and you know, I don't want to shit on them at all. But yeah. like there was definitely something about that, maybe because there's like thirty of us hanging out. You know, and it was just it was just this different sort of and it was like an adventure, like you know, what's at the end of this four hour truck drive into the middle of the desert? Like what's, what's it going to be like out there? Like what's the range going to be? Like what's, how crazy is it going to be? Are they going to make us climb up a mountain? Like, I don't know. It was like all this shit. Like what's, how's it going to be? Um, plus you get to see the, the guns, the big guns, right? which you never do. Yeah. I really, I really like, you know, like the unknown distance, like things like that. Or how, uh, you know, we were talking about Lieutenant Wynn earlier. He, he really, and I saw how other platoons were doing this, but, uh, you know, he, Lieutenant Wynn would just say, hey, uh, uh, you know, like, I think they were PEC 15s, right? They had that IR laser. That well, I think that first road. one, some of us had PEC 2s. I don't think, yeah, the PEC 15s were like the nicer ones. Remember how we got like different ones that were like tan color? And the first time we had them, it looked like a V. I remember wondering what the hell they were when I was watching, like, war video. But they were, like, big. They're, like, almost like a cassette tape size. Oh, dang. Remember? Yeah, they're, like, black. Peck 2s. That was the first oh, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember those ones. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're really, like, long ass Yes. Yeah, they're, like, do you see my hands? Yeah. And it was more of a square. And it like like. And then we got new ones that had, like, a flashlight on the side, too. The Peck 16s. Yeah, <laughs> that was the good <laughs> shit, dog. <laughs> That's when we knew we made it. Oh, where's the Mitch helmet? <laughs> yeah, dude, for real. Um, but yeah, I remember also, and like this was obviously wrong. I'm sort of transitioning to Iraq now, 
but I remember really thinking our CO knew what he was doing <laughs> and, and like cared about us and was like, because you didn't see him at all. And like everything seemed to be running so smooth. And maybe that's just because we were naive boots, but it just seemed like I didn't have it. Like no one was really talking shit about him. Like no one, you know what I'm saying? That was kind of like, we were like waiting for, or that all kind of like came once we got to Iraq and we were like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, you know, to go and see the CEO or what I remember about him, uh, the most, uh, you know, uh, just, man, he was like, always anxious, man. Like, yes, yes. He would just, the way that he would, uh, say something or direct or whatever the case may be, it just a lot of anxiety and it was like okay and i remember uh first platoon we would want to go and you know pass it through the chain of command through you know gunny labelle hey can this happen no because the captain doesn't want it you know yeah so you're just whatever captain you didn't want that's it and um i guess i don't know i just i just felt like hey a lot of the people in the platoons had to just stay to themselves Oh yeah, that's definitely like there is there was a much bigger separation between officers and enlisted on that workup and that deployment than the other ones. I feel like you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's that's for sure. Um, it was like I would say that uh, the whole atmosphere, the whole uh, you know culture of that first deployment, it was almost like um, just the last of this type of culture that was a little more strict, if you will. And then it just seems like it got a little loose towards this, not second deployment, but um, I don't really know how to explain it. I just um, know it was really, it, it was, I'd say it was like, it was like hyper disciplined with no supervision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, and you would agree with that? Yeah, because it was like we, they'd be like, hey, squad leader, take your fucking squad and walk around K-Bay and do a patrol. And we would literally just do it for the entire day. And, like, at no point did we stop and hide somewhere and, like, smoke cigarettes and, like, fuck around. Like, we literally patrolled around the, the, the entire base. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I feel like, and, and then it, that kind of, that sort of changed. And, and. I am trying to not get so much into the second workup or second deployment tonight. Yeah. I'll talk yeah. to you. I'm obviously going to have you on again because I feel like this is pretty. It's going pretty well. I'm really enjoying this. Um, I am too, man. But uh, so we we all came home from. We all went on leave after Twenty Nine Palms. Um, we all came home, and uh, how was First Platoon's reaction to? the news that, like, hey, it might be a little bit crazier than we thought, and then, like, our initial dive into Iraq. Um, well, some of the news was coming in while we were at CAC. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember, I remember somebody got ran over by a Humvee while they were sleeping. Um, and, like, uh, oh, man. No, that was actually second tax. My bad. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. It's yeah, been yeah, yeah, it's no, been no. fucking 15 years. We're talking about shit that happened 15 years ago. Yeah, by the way, so, uh, <laughs> for you listeners out there. <laughs> that's crazy. It's been 15 years. So, uh, yeah. but 
uh, you know, so here it's like uh, we were just hearing, you know, that it, there was a lot of contact. And then uh, when we got back and, uh, from the from leaves and then started getting briefed on where we were going, I was just hearing uh, little bits and pieces, but be ready. And so when we got done with tax, because of the fact that we were getting, uh, you know, intel that it was pretty hot over there, um, you know, things were still popping off. I got to go with Hughes through OEMS, which is Operational Emergency Medicine. And so you get a pig, uh, you know, it's a disease pig, so they mm-hmm. euthanize it anyways. And then from there, you get to go through all different types of procedures, you know. So our pig got stabbed, shot with a shotgun. Uh, you know, so they put it under, and then you get to go and read vitals and see, uh, you know, see the different, see the different products that uh, North American Rescue was putting out. It was really cool, dude. Uh, you know, so you got, uh, you got all these like uh, different foremen from different uh, units, but then you had also, uh, you know, we had a seal, couple seals there, uh, PJs there. It was like, uh, uh, so I was like, whoa. Uh, I just felt like such, I was E2, or, yeah, E2 at the time, so I was like... French fries? Man, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, man, so I was just so, like, blown away by the, the things that they were teaching us, and then I was with Lobby, and so, uh, you know, I, I just clung to Lobby because, you know, he was teaching us. Mm-hmm. He was teaching us everything. He was our mentor, for sure. Because he had already gone, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, no, 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 uh... He never went to OEMS, so he was just like so uh, well read, yeah, yeah, that we were all going uh, together. It really gave the morale that I feel like, uh, or the you know just uh, confidence uh, behind what we were already taught. It was like, oh, I saw this in a book, I read it in a book, but now I see it into into practice, and you know, and so uh, so it was really really cool. It was just sort of, um, what was your reaction to um, us getting news that things were kind of changing over there, or not quite what we were told during the beginning part of the workup, like it was a little bit hotter over there than we thought, and then like, so now, what was your experience with First Platoon entering Iraq? Um, Like... Super funny was we were in, uh, we were getting on that plane we were we went to Kuwait right and then uh, and then we I, we were going uh, there was a plane that we boarded I think it was like a, a C seventeen yeah C seventeen um, and that C seventeen took you guys but what was funny was uh, Corporal Shabi uh, told uh, and also Johnson and Cosio were like saying. Uh, get out of here, Doc! Like telling me to leave the the hooch and go look for food for the for the platoon with with forty. So they're like, both of you don't come back until you find food for the platoon. <laughs> what so, in Kuwait, <laughs> bro? I said so. Uh, so we get back and we found tray lunches, like tray lunches that were wrapped, they, and we like were bringing them all back to the hooch, and no one's in the hooch. Uh, and uh, Gunny Lavelle was like, what the fuck were you guys? <laughs> <laughs> we missed the play that rap. No way. I didn't know that. 
I didn't oh know that. Yeah, so we missed it, and we had to wait for another, like, four or five hours. We finally get over to, oh, man, where did that land? I know it. It's before we drove out to Iraq, we landed out. Uh, so we get on the Al-Assad. We flew to Al-Assad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Al-Assad, and then uh, we get there, and we link up with you guys, and I was like, oh, shit, do you think we're going to get into <laughs> So did it just go? Did it just go away? Yeah, no, yeah, it just went away. Yeah. Was like, he <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. I love that. That's a good story. I like that. So you drove up to the farm. Uh, so well, no, we we ended up taking the, the fifty three. Right. Yeah. So you. And, um, so, yeah, you weren't part of that first. You weren't part of that first group that drove from Al Assad. All the way to Hoklania. Because that's what Montana did. He actually drove in a convoy. And then the rest of us flew. But uh, I think that I was with Montana. Because there was an IED that we. that It was just like. I don't know how to explain it. It was like we were driving up to the fob. I don't know. I know it was first platoon. But I think there was another platoon with us. Because there was three. Three um, seven times, and we ran over a pressure plate IED on the first day, dude. And it was like, then, um, uh, freaking, was it 3 3? Yes. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was 3 3. Yeah. 3 3 ended up just uh, dismounting and just kicking it, kicking in doors. And we were just like all in <laughs> Dude, just like standing there, like, like, <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I was like, my ears were ringing, and I was like, but because of CACs, I do say because of CACs, because we were being drilled so much that it was like, is this real? Is this not real? Is it like, okay? And then I remember driving in, uh, we drove in and then uh, got briefed by 3-3, uh, some of the leadership there. And it was just like, uh, me and Suspedis, we were together and I was like, are your ears hurting right now? <laughs> like, yeah. He's like, yeah, shut up. You're such a boot. <laughs> like, get used to it, bro. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> After all those mortars, man, I'm like. Or all sorts of shit. Yeah, right, man. So, uh, that was, yeah, that was, um, that was my, uh, the first, first day. I remember before going up to the, uh, to, to the FOB, there was, um, it was, I think it was K3 where everybody stayed at before they went into the fog. Or it was like a, it was just like a, I remember being with Newsom. If you remember Newsom. I remember Newsom. He's so funny. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, so um, I just remember that first night before we went uh, uh, that morning going to the fob to drive up. I just remember sleeping that night and remembering hearing all the dogs. And like, just hearing random dogs. Like, this place is kooky. Yeah, like, this is, yeah, this is, yeah. this is wild. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. We, so, we drove in, I, I've talked about this in an earlier episode, but yeah, we drove in, like, right, we flew to the dam, and then we drove down and went straight into golf. 
FOB. And then we got sent out to K3. Or, and actually, I got I got sent out to the TCP after being on the FOB for like 15 minutes and not knowing, and just like hearing explosions and like gunfire from like you and Second Platoon getting yeah. chewed up and like us just not knowing what the fuck was going on. Like, where, what is, how crazy is it? What does it look like? I don't even know. Like, what does the city even look like? Like, just wondering. So, yeah. So, what was that time? What, like, did, what did you jump into first? Did you jump right into patrolling or did you jump onto FOB yeah. security? You jumped right into patrolling? Um, um, we went into, we, okay, so it was all, like, kind of jumbled at first. Yes, uh, yes, yes. So it was, like, that's what was really stressing me out about was, like, hey, I can't wait till we have a flow, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was, like, because I really, you know, I wanted to be, just with first platoon, no offense, it was just the fact that we, all, you know, you train with, with those guys, you're sleeping with those guys, you're like, hey, you're just... Yeah, there's just, like, a weird discomfort when there's, like, a squad that's mixed of people. Yeah, or with your with 3-3 three, three guys or whatever, yeah. I'd say new guys is kind of like, ah, they're new, whatever, but it was scary being with the 3-3 three, three guys. Yeah, they were, they were different, like, just different, man. The way that they, they carried themselves, I was like, Okay, this is kind of, you guys are different from us, that's for sure. Yeah, well, that's, and that's what I've told you that they talked about. They told us to give up fake pause reps, don't actually go to certain parts of the city because it's dangerous and shit. And so it's like, and it was like, I just remember being like, well, I'm really uncomfortable now. <laughs> like, I, I'm actually like a little bit freaked out now because who knows what the fuck's going on. Right, no, I, I was hearing stories about how, um, you know, they weren't, you know, I'm not trying. It, it is what it is. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is is I'm trying. Like, there's no bad blood towards anybody because we're all human beings in a crazy situation. But like to point out, like, sort of just our experience, you have to bring it up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, all, all I was hearing from you know Sergeant Holloway and you know and uh, you know my squad leaders that was getting passed down uh, to us was that. No, a three three or the hearsay was three three. You know they post up after they would get shot at or get into contact. Uh, you know it would be like uh, they would go and post up in a house and just do security. And it's like wow, so there was no uh, offensive nature. It was strictly defensive. Hey, let's get home. We were you know, that, and, and so when we came over there, I mean. When, you know, when golf came up there, it was just like, when we even switched, uh, I remember one of the guys actually uh, freaking was in the turret, and when they were leaving, we heard later that he died. Like, you know, I don't know if he got shot or if an IED, I think you said that there was an IED in the, in the power line. Yeah, like that. that was, so that was my first day coming in. That was, so that was when I landed at the dam. Because you know how you're, like, staggered going in or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, you must have been with Montana. You must have gone on that first weird drive with Montana. Because we, basically... Warner was there, too. <laughs> yes, 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 he was. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so you jumped right into patrolling and yeah. dismounted patrolling, right, first? You didn't jump in yeah, trucks? Right? Yeah. Yeah, I never did mounted patrols until second deployment. That's later, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, it was all it was all uh, foot mobile. 
Uh, my first patrol was after we got hit with our uh, first. No, it wasn't. I remember doing uh, a BDA assessment, and um, gosh, our XO, uh, you know, wanted to go out with us. So Lieutenant Wynn, XO went out, and we just did a, you know, basically just around the fog because a couple of mortars landed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wanted to go and, you know, try and hit or find, find out where it came from, right? You know, right. <laughs> and so, um, uh, I remember at that time I was only carrying an M9. Uh, they wouldn't let us carry uh, our rifles at the time because of Geneva Conventions. And so, uh, that that didn't go and change until um, across, across the AO. They were finding out that they were taking pop shots at docks. At mm-hmm. And that's when, uh, and then we got in a firefight like a little bit later, and it was like, hey, I don't feel safe. I, mean, like, I have a pea shooter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, what am I supposed to do with this fucking thing? That's uh. <laughs> cool. <laughs> like, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that was, um, you know, um, you're talking about how the weather shifted. I would say I remember that Vegas because it was just like it was so hot, man. And then and then it was like the cold just came and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't know Iraq gets cold. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. No, and it, it like and it was it was like after like a week or two. Yeah. Like it wasn't really. It wasn't like fall was cooling down it was like the nights all of a sudden were fucking cold and then it was like and then the winter just got even colder like it was just miserable um do do you remember your first firefight at all like where you were what happened i wouldn't say like exactly where i was it was uh man it was when uh because i didn't get to go on uh they would always guard me, man. They would always be like, no, you stay here when they get into it. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, man, so uh, the time that I got to go and shoot off, we were in front of Saddam's, Saddam's, uh, barracks. Uh, the yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, barracks. And we were just getting some pop shots towards us. And so we returned fire from, from the palm groves. Uh, and so it was just like, and then the sec, uh, second time was we spent the night on Thanksgiving or the night before Thanksgiving in the palm groves, like in the middle of the night, we just stayed there. Uh, we were patrolling, looking around, and then um, we ended up uh, just doing a perimeter, a 360 perimeter, and uh, took turns taking, you know, cat naps, basically. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we woke up to a van uh, actually doing a drive-by on us. And so we ended up just patrolling through. Uh, I believe Hammond was the one that opened up on the, on the song. So we were like, good on you, Hammond. <laughs> like, That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, a, lot of the, a lot of the action for us, uh, for me, was, you know, in front of Saddam's barracks and the Palm Groves. But I do remember going out, uh, you know, around October, November time frame, uh, because... Uh, with 2nd Platoon. And 2nd Platoon, um, because Johnson, their Doc Johnson, was, uh, he, he sprained his ankle. So they were asking me if uh, I could go with him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, so I ended up going out with Scales and Tuck 
Mm-hmm. And that's when um, we started going down. Uh, you know, it, when you go out, go uh, leave the wire uh, towards to cross the bridge, mm-hmm. right? But then if you take a right, it's all those uh, shops, all the suits. Yeah, yeah, the bazaar. Bazaar, yeah. And so uh, we started walking down that area, and um, man, it was just like clockwork, you know. Um, I like to go and say, uh, you know, that it was discernment, where it was like that weird feeling. You're just like, there's just something in the air, and every it's almost like you're just picking up on it, like moments before it's about to happen. And we're walking down, uh, you know, and just everybody's closing their their, their shots. And we get to the last shop on the left-hand side, and there's, like, a river that goes across to an island. Mm-hmm. Shop, um, um, this guy, he was trying to close, but scales and the interpreter, uh, like, forced their way in. And as soon as they forced their way into, into the shop, the owner, like, backed up, and then uh, uh, two one five five shells went off behind us. It was in the middle of the street. You know, not in the middle of the street, to the side of the street. Some trash was on it. And Tuck was the one that got hit. And what was crazy was I remember turning, uh, turning to go and just like basically just cover, and uh, and I just felt that that shake. I was like, oh my gosh! And I I turn around and I'm looking. I, I see Tuck. And he's on the floor, and uh, I run over to him with scales, and. Um, and we ended up getting him up. He's like, oh, boy. <laughs> Big motherfucker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so we run over to that shop because it's next to the shop that we just tried to get into. And we did get into. And, man, the interpreter just started beating the shit out of this guy. And it was just like, i never seen a man go and shit himself right there and then. And yeah. He was like, oh. There's turds coming out of this guy's man down. <laughs> yep. 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 That was another thing about first deployment. I just never seen so many lightweight. I wouldn't say lightweight. Some of them were. Just, hey, to go and put pressure on some guys. People put pressure. <laughs> oh no, we um. Right. We were we were definitely rough on people on that one. But we were taking so many casualties that it was like, we know you know what's going on. Right. You closed your fucking shop coincidentally 30 seconds before we got hit with an IED or whatever, a hand grenade or whatever. And so it's like, fucking just tell us and we'll leave you alone. And I actually think that's what eventually worked. Right. Because we, we fucked with them so much that towards the end of the deployment, they just stopped fucking with us. And they waited for... They they waited for one three and it was like yeah motherfuckers because we'll not only beat the fuck out of you and I'm about to sound like a huge piece of shit but put the pressure on you that's what you said I know it's like not only will we beat you up in front of your family in your own home but we will break every single item that looks valuable in this house like family heirlooms gone stop fucking shooting at us and then they. They did. <laughs> and so it's kind of like, uh, and it's better than murdering them, I guess. I don't know. Like, it's so confusing. It's like, it's like, what the fuck? Oh, man. I mean, some of the things that, like, some of the stories that you hear from different platoons about how, hey, I just saw a man shooting from the top of your roof. Yeah. And you guys going over to 
his uh, his place and being like, uh, no, Mister, I was asleep. Dude, every every time asleep. Like, I just put an entire magazine in every window of your house. You weren't fucking sleeping. <laughs> like, and us us opening the door isn't what woke you up. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, I'm gonna light your shit on fire. And we did that sometimes. <laughs> like, we just burn their fucking furniture. Which is like we laugh about it, but holy fuck, and it, it's it, it's it's so crazy that that's how the situation was. Right, and you know, and I'm when I look back, Dad, do I feel do I feel bad? Uh, you know, I do in the fact that like hey, some of the stuff, or you know, the, it's mm-hmm. not like you can go and order on Amazon and grab grab stuff. That that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would say that I adopted that mindset as October, late October, early, uh, or after Warner passed Alonzo, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I'm, you know, I believe the best about people because I'm a doc and I just want to see the good, but if you're going to mess with my friends, then it's over for you. Like, I'm sorry. And so uh, I just basically just started to adopt that mindset where it's like, hey, no, I want to go and uh, patrol for the guys, but, you know, and not just be a corpsman. I, I want to go and, I want to go and maneuver just like you guys. So that's where I started to really, my mind started to shift, and I would say my heart started to become more calloused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, then, no, yeah, November, I would say November will always be yeah, I'd say the end of October, November was crazy. Um, and yeah, when Alonzo and they got hit, it was like really shitty. Um, yeah, man. And then you guys, and you talked about that CB that came over to go and, uh, uh, go and freaking, uh, fix our, our water, our showers and everything. Yeah. I talked to him right before he left. Uh, before he left. He, they hit that anti-tank mine, that double stack anti-tank mine. And uh, and then I heard that all of them, all those CDs passed. I don't even know that it was all of them. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was, it was wild, dude. That time frame was wild. Uh, so... So since we're kind of getting a little bit darker, um, get into a lighter. <laughs> I have a funny story for you though. Well, <laughs> let's do it. Let's do. Let's do funny. All right. So here, uh, so one night, uh, they, they gave for, we were on patrol, and we got it was like they told us they said we were it was a week, week of patrol and they were like they were telling us hey tonight before we start patrolling you guys are going to get at least six hours of sleep. We're like, six hours of sleep? That's amazing. Yeah, like, fucking don't tell me twice, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, so, Lobby and all them were telling us, hey, like, there's Ambien, there's Ambien in the freaking, in the, uh, oh my gosh, over at the, at the clinic. So we go over there, we go over it, go and grab some, and, um, I just basically told Tremway and all them, hey, uh, I'm going to take this Ambien because I want to get the full six hours. And, you mean uh, 15 hours? Yeah, well, I was like, I was just right. <laughs> so I was just like, I was thinking, I'm going to go and get the full six hours. Uh, but a little bit of me was like, 
What if they go and say, no, get up in the next two hours? Sure enough, bro. Sure enough. Like, I took that Ambien, and a couple hours later, they woke woke us all up. They're like, hey, you might have found a V-bed ID, uh, V-bed, uh, the V-bed maker, and we're going to go and head out. So it was like 2 in the morning. And I remember just, like, having to go and be with Schaefer right next to him and just, like, hold his pop. And I, like, and I wasn't telling anybody. I only told uh, Tremway, told Schaefer, and I was just so drowsy. And by the time we get over to the house, I'm, like, just leaning up against this wall, and I'm like, please, just somebody chill with me. Yeah. I'm trying to fall asleep. <laughs> and, um, and Herman just gets in my face and he's like, you better fucking stand the fuck up right now. I'm going to lay into your ass when we get back. And he was just getting on me, bro. It was just, it was a really funny, funny moment for after. Like, during that time, it was a really scary because there's just all the stuff that was going on during that time, you know? Yeah, I mean, fuck, imagine if you had to, like, patch somebody up. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Hell, like, I, you... I think about that. Ugh. Yeah, no, I'm, I think about some of the dumb things that I just, hey, I just wanted to go and continue on, and I didn't want to get in trouble or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. But, yeah, no, Herm, Herman really straightened me up that day, and it was like, no, I, I ended up sticking next to his side. He made me stay up at the front of the squad with him every time we patrolled him, like, <laughs> just because that one time well like for me dude i didn't need fucking ambient man i remember it was like hey you guys can go to sleep and i'd be like all right and i was just like the only time in my whole life i've had sleep problems my whole life and on that deployment the other two deployments didn't sleep that deployment it was like as soon as they said hey guys get some sleep i was just like out and they'd wake me up, and I'd be like, how long has it been? And they'd be like, it's been 14 hours. Like, out at K3. Because you know how at K3 you could set up the watch, so it was, like, one person on watch, maybe? And, you know, like, it got a little bit lazy out at K3. And, like, so we would actually get, like, some serious hours. And I remember just getting in my sleeping bag because it was so cold and, like, snuggling up. And then it's like, I wake up because I have to piss so bad, and it's been, like, 14 hours or something. 12 hours, 14 hours. But, uh, so, yeah, so basically, like, and then, you know, towards, uh, you know, November or December time frame, hey, things started to go and cool down, mm-hmm. as in, like, as in, uh, you know, action started to cool, cool down. We had that one big mission where we were trying to go and find, find a B-bed, B-bed over at the factory, and, um, where, and then, for a little bit, uh, you know, the leadership didn't want us to go out because of, uh, you know, they didn't want anyone to die on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause yeah. yeah. Cause a lot of the, those three guys got hit like right next to Thanksgiving. Um, yep. Oh, yeah. Alonzo and them. I talked about it before, but it was like, we were hiding in that house and 
that fucking explosion went off, and we thought the house we were in had just been hit. And we, like, hit the deck, and everyone was, like, crawling and shit. Because it was, like, two blocks away, which Iraqi blocks are smaller than American blocks. It was, like, we were basically, like, even at the same point that it happened, but at the palm groves. So we were, like, just a little bit away, like, less than 100 yards or 100 yards, you know? And that shit was, like, so loud. And listening to Tardif, Staff Sergeant Tart, like, talk about it, like, try to explain to the CO what had happened was, like, and I was a radio operator, so I, like, had to listen. That shit was shitty. That's so crazy, dude. Yeah. yeah. I just heard that, um, yeah, I just, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, no, just December, uh, I, and then I remember, um, there was this one, uh, one big mission, I forgot what it was called, but we all went out, and we were supposed to be something super huge, and we ended up coming across uh, the four four or five burning bodies, you know, it was like, uh, like I came on scene, and also Cosio, um, I believe everybody was there, we were all online trying to go and sweep, a, it was like an island or something like that. Oh yeah, no, I, my platoon wasn't there. That's where all those, that's where all those nasty, like those fucked up pictures are from, where those dudes were like, "You took those pictures?" I've always, I've always wondered who took those pictures. Oh my god, yeah, they're just like smoldering. Oh, that shit's crazy. Oh man, I was like, oh, I don't want to stay here any longer. They're gonna make us dead check it, and then, and you know, just. Hey, do something, or make the medic or the corpsman do something. And I was like, hey, Cosio, can you get out of here, please? <laughs> but we were all just standing, staring like, who came in the middle of the night? How did you guys... Because when, you know, when we came over there, all the bodies were just... Uh, they were just laying like as, as if somebody came from the water or from the sky and just came down and just murked them while they were asleep. Like, the one dude has his wallet in between his hands, and he's, like, sleeping on it like a pillow. Like, dude, that's some fucking wild-ass shit. Like, holy fuck. Uh, I, oh, we always said it was Delta Force. Right. But, like, no no one knows. Like, no who, one knows. yeah, no one knows. No one knows who did it. We're just like, yeah, buddy. <laughs> it did feel good to see those pictures, though. After, after that, um, and then December, everything uh, quieted down for us. Um, you know, for first June at least, we just got, like, uh, pop shots here and there, or, like, frags thrown over a wall, or whatever mm -hmm. the case may be. Yeah, like, small and stuff. Then, yeah, and then, you know, um, you know, the infamous, you know, February 14th, and, you know, as Corporal Morris, uh, we'll, you know, it was just like, February comes around, and it's just like, uh, you know, that whole tension, it's just like, hey, we're almost about to go home, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I just remember, you know, basically that, that whole uh, mobile cop thing, like, the leadership, uh, you know, Gunny Lavelle was just not about that, um, you know, and then we had Lieutenant Steele, because Lieutenant Wing got shot. Yeah, were you there for that? I wasn't there for that one. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah, I wasn't there for that one. Actually, Shabi was the one that I attended to. Mm -hmm. That's what I heard. And so, uh, but uh, 
so we ended up doing the mobile pop in February. Uh, you know, uh, Captain Waters wanted that, and so we didn't really understand it. We were already frustrated and, and whatnot, and then they ended up attaching Steve Mraz, uh, a reporter uh, with Stars and Stripes with us. And so that's the person that took all those pictures and all that other stuff. So it's pictures that uh, have to do with the article with, with what happened that day. There's an article about uh, February 14th. About yeah, but I didn't know he was embedded with you. I thought that that was just, like, after the fact. After that day. Holy yeah, shit. Like, just that one yeah. patrol or that one day? Yeah, for that one patrol. And he was wearing, like, dude. He just stuck out like a sore thumb. And so every time he would get near us or like, I'd say, hey, just satellite around all the guys. Just t- keep taking pictures. Like, don't stick to no- just one guy. Like, we're so close to going home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, was he wearing like a black flak jacket or something? Yeah, or like a different like, one? I yeah. Some, I think he had some orange on him too. And we told him to take it off. It was just, uh, I just remember some of the conversations we had. Uh, you know, I was just like, hey, you know, I've, I've gotten to do my job a little bit here and there, but nothing, uh, no, no crazy urgent surgicals, uh, you know, nothing crazy like that until, you know, then uh, we ended up getting to, to the, you know, mobile cop, and I was with Dodson at the time, and, uh, and me and Dodson, we were joking around, and uh, he was like, shut up, you haven't even really done your job, you've only done little things here and there, and I'm like, shut up, I've saved your life, and, and dude, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy how uh, we've talked about that, Dodson and I, we've talked about that, like, hey, we were joking around, I'm not saying that, oh, because of our words, yeah, yeah, right, it's and crazy how shit like that happens, right, and so, uh, I remember, um, you know, getting into the mobile cop clearing and setting up sex deck, and then they put me on radio watch, and everybody was posted, uh, you know, uh, posted at, at their points uh, where they're going to go and have watch, fire watch, etc. And um, and basically, uh, the mission was uh, for that mobile cop was um, because they were hitting the log train uh, at that time, uh, and then with yeah, I, I believe that the log train was hit a couple of times, and so they wanted us also to go and uh, and overview this one section where log train would come through, and also they saw people running up and down those, uh, that street the night before. So we went over there. I, I forgot what the street was called, but uh, we set up, and then it was literally like probably even 30 minutes, man, 30 minutes into it. Um, I'm just doing a radio check, and I call in Dodson, and I, and then I call in Morris, because, man, when I'm with those guys, we just joke around, like, just, we're just goofy together, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. Know? and so, um, <clears throat> yeah, so, like, uh, man, so, Dodson's sitting in front of me on the, on the bottom left, and I'm, I'm at, at the window, and I'm just checking the radio, doing a, a radio check and then we hear a couple pop shots and bro like I hear a glass break and I look at the glass and it's right in front of us uh, and you just see a hole like this big like this like the size of a baseball right and I knew bro 
I knew. I said to myself, I was like, oh, I like, I said to myself in my heart, I was like, oh, he was dead. And like, and then from there, I, I like, I ended up blacking out because I guess the concussion of the grenade. Uh, that's what they say. I do remember uh, waking up and crawling out of the room, and we hadn't. All of us, we didn't have our gear on, which was crazy. We took our we took our gear off. Uh, we were like, hey, uh, basically get a breather. It was starting to get hot mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And so, it was, like I said, not even thirty minutes. And so we took off our gear. We just were getting some air. Uh, everybody that was on their post, obviously, they had to have uh, full PPE. Mm-hmm. But as I crawled out, it was like, uh, you know, basically like scurried out of there on my stomach. Um, uh, Morris and also Dodson got uh, put into two separate rooms. And that's when Steve Moraz went with Dodson. And then I went with, oh, uh, uh, no, Steve Moraz went with, uh, with Morris and I went with Dodson. And so uh, Suspedis ended up going with, uh, with Morris, too. And then I was working with Dodson and uh, just talking with him. And he was just completely in shock, you know, just um, uh, mental alertness was just, he just seemed like he was drunk. Mm-hmm. That's how, uh, you know. And so he had a, a it was a double amputee. Uh, one, uh, his left leg was up to his hip. And then his um, his right leg was uh, up to his patella, up to his kneecap. So... Um, you know, uh, in the end, we ended up uh, throwing some tourniquets on him, uh, you know, just keeping him talking, and then we headed out to the LZ from there. Uh, what was crazy about that moment, dude, was I went to go check my, uh, before we got hit with the grenade, uh, I was checking my, my bolt, making sure there was no sand in it. I don't know how this happened or whatnot, but... Uh, you know, and I just thank God that for Morris, it's just like, hey, I don't know if he meant to do it or if it was just the right timing or whatever the, the case may be. But he definitely, I feel like he sacrificed his life for mine. For, uh, he was in front of me. He was to the side, the left side of me. And where he got hit was his left side. And he, got, he got nicked in the heart. And so when I was working on him, uh, uh, you know, like... Uh, working on him over to LZ. Um, I'm sorry, man. I'm like getting... No, hey. No, no, no. You're you're doing fine. Yeah. Continue explaining uh, if you want to only. Yeah. So, um, so the crazy thing was my rifle blew it it like in pieces. It just, it was in pieces. Uh, So I didn't have a rifle after that. It was just like, I just paid attention to uh, Dodson and Morris. And, like, my med bag was actually in pieces. Like, so I had to grab, I, uh, luckily I had an IFAC that was modified mm-hmm. to the way that I like it. And so uh, I had enough, just enough for, for Dodson, uh, just a little bit of Morris, for a little bit of Morris. But um, we rode with him, both of them to, uh, the, to the LZ. And, uh, and, you're, you see it in the moto video, the last, the last, uh, the you know that scene where the helicopter. So that's us, you know, we're mm-hmm. running with Dodson and Morris, and uh, I just remember being with Morris and uh, you know basically just 
good talking with him. You know, like, because uh, I already, you know, when you start to see, like, fluids, like, seep from other parts, mm-hmm. it's like, uh, you just know. And so, I just talked with him a little bit, and then, uh, and then when we got to the LZ, uh, you know, I was trying to basically, I was trying to go, and I just knew that there was nothing else. So, when I got there, to go and keep, uh, keep morale, uh, and also, I wanted to keep working on him. I ended up doing chest compressions, and um, and you know it, it was messy, um, but uh, you know in the end uh, it did what we could for more. So hey, God bless his heart. He really was a good guy. He is a good guy. So um, yeah, that's that's what happened that day. It was just it was a really crazy crazy day. Uh, you know. Yeah, after that, our platoon was never really the same again. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, from there, like, Lucky and all them, uh, all the guys were, you know, at first I thought, I thought it was a game, you know, or not like a game, but. It was like fun. Yeah, it was like. Like, no, 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 meaning like, because uh, Lucky and all them, uh, all the guys, when. When Morris passed, we got news that Dodson survived, and we were very thankful. Uh, you know, uh, but when we found out that Morris passed, uh, it seemed like Second Squad, uh, you know, they, they left all his stuff on his bed, and we're just saying, oh no, Morris isn't all aside. Mouse isn't all aside. Don't say he's dead. And we're like, uh, I was just kind of like in shock, like, okay. Morris is an old son. I got just kind of didn't really talk about it. Like after that, it was like it was kind of weird, but I, I understood. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It, it makes yeah. sense. Um, I've definitely had some some similar situations later in my career. Um, but uh, yeah, man. When especially when it's like one of your homies, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely so, weird. Yeah, well, you know, hey, it was, um, it was an honor to, you know, meet Morris and, you know, and, uh, you know, be with Dodson. Dodson was like, we were like this, man. We were mm-hmm. like, always hanging out with him. And, uh, you know, he's, you know, I'll let him speak for his own walk, you know, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, but, uh, I haven't really talked to him for the last couple of years. I just last thing he was doing was uh, wheelchair uh, Olympic wheel, wheelchair racing. So, That's dope. And, yeah, so you know he went to uh, you know Olympics for that uh, uh, wheelchair uh, racing. Yeah. Yeah, for some cool. yeah, I remember he was doing some pretty crazy feats. That's the last I heard of him. Is he was accomplishing some pretty gnarly shit, um, like extreme off road stuff in his wheelchair and like stuff like that I think like lots of miles and stuff um well yeah thank you for sharing that um it's not easy I got you no I have I have very similar situations um 
So then the rest of the deployment, because I remember they're just, we got into like a weird, like drone after that. Like around that time, it was kind of just like, we were just like biding our time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, um, what was crazy after that frag, uh, Sergeant Holloway ended up getting hit with frag. And I was so indisposed. Okay, so after that, that uh, when we got hit on February, um, February 14th, you know, a couple weeks we got, uh, we, we ended up patrolling again. And Sergeant Holloway got hit with the frag. What was crazy was, I thought, you know how like a bird goes and sometimes flies over you, like a, literally a bird, uh, you know, and it'll fly over you, but it'll dive a little bit and then go back up in the air. Mm-hmm. And um, so I thought, oh, man, a, a bird did that or something. But then I looked as it was coming down. I was like, didn't like, yeah, dude, no one, no one ever, like, does it like you're supposed to. People are always just like, ah! Yeah, like... Yeah, I was just like, open it! Or no noise, you're just like, Boop! Like, you just, like, book it, or whatever, yeah. Well, you're good, man. right here. Hey, it's nice to meet you. But, yeah, um, so, we, you know, basically, that was, I would say, the last of something really crazy for first two, um, you know, during that, during that time, um, and then it was like, and then, uh, you know, basically, we waited for March, going, man, that was such an anxious time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, um, and then I got pulled from the battalion to go and, uh, to go and instruct for, uh, one three, the transition. Uh, mm-hmm. transition team. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was with, uh, man, I forgot his name. I, I really hope it comes back to me, but he was with Echo Company. So he was a corporal with Echo Company and he was basically one of the guys that got into the firefight with, the drive-by shooters. Mm, you know, yeah. I, yeah, so, and what was crazy was, uh, he was just telling all the stories about how, um, you know, just how they got into that firefight with you know, the drive-by and how they, you know, just like, Captain Tracy was doing this. It was really moto over there, man. That's just hearing, hearing about all that. And, um, he just, yeah, he just, uh, would go and, uh, brief, Brief one three, and then I was just briefing one three about the wounds. Uh, you know what? What exactly were we seeing? You know, mm-hmm. from gunshot wounds to you know frags and IEDs. Um, so just you know, just modify your packs, all your your IFACs and all your medical equipment to those type of wounds. And basically, that was about it, man. Get sent home, and it was just a shocker. You know, I came home with seven thousand and. Just a rattled spirit. <laughs> no, I'm with you on that, dude. Yeah, it was uh, it was weird coming home. So that kind of transitions us in. So what are you doing now? How are things now for you in your life? I would say that, um, you know, uh, so I told you a little bit earlier, uh, you know, hey, I'm helping out at the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so what I felt like 
you know, I don't, I don't mean to go, but this is just me. You know, just after that whole um, thing with Iraq uh, and just all the experiences, you know, it was like, um, I just felt like the Lord, like, put on my heart, hey, uh, hey, take care of people. Keep taking care of people, you know. Mm-hmm. So here, uh, that's why I've been helping out at the church and just really being, uh, you know, being family oriented. Because I felt like the biggest thing that I learned from all those lessons and all that time is that, uh, you know, you never meet a person in their di- on their deathbed saying, I wish I would have done a lot more missions. Or I wish I would have worked more. They always say, I wish I would have had more time with family. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the times that, uh, you know, your family, that, that people, that the guys that I miss, uh, it's like, uh, I really stay uh i really like to stay present with 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 the people around me my family and just the people that i'm uh serving over at the church so uh, i was a substance abuse counselor for a little bit over in a prison mm-hmm. over yeah over in uh in vacaville prison uh i guess you know just during that time i've just been learning about what does trauma do to the body what does it do to the psyche you know how you know some of the guys that uh, went to combat with us. It's like, man, I don't really know you anymore. Like, did you change that much because of combat? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, that it's like sometimes, uh, it, and it's not sometimes. It is an addiction of an, of its own. Um, it is an addiction of its own. Where, uh, you know, it, there's a there there is a high to feeling like, hey, that power, that hey, I'm a man, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so, um, I guess that's, uh, just where I'm at right now, where I like to go and read up about those type of things, because I believe we're, we're, if you pay attention, just because someone hasn't been in combat, you'll see the same little baby signs and symptoms, mm-hmm. and you're able to speak to someone and, and give them peace, if that makes any sense. Well, it, it makes sense to me. Yeah, so, uh, where I'm at right now, it's been been a long road uh but i'm still believing in humanity i'm still believing that I, i'm choosing to believe people believe in humanity uh I, I did go through a dark period where man i just wanted to just just drink and smoke non-stop and uh you know and uh, and it cost me my first marriage and you know it it, it did and so yeah, there was other stipulations, but hey, still. Mm-hmm. I, I no, taking, yeah, taking, you uh, could have been the perfect life. husband. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my, <laughs> no, like my, my first marriage is like that too. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. But I would say where I'm at right now, uh, just I'm just taking care of the kids. Ethan, uh, Ethan is wanting to join the military. Salt dog, dude. Uh, <laughs> He used to hang out at the parties, dude. I remember him running around. So weird, dude. Yeah, that was... When you told me that, I was just like, this kid's old enough to, like... And then I was doing the math. I'm like, he's 15 years old. Or how old is he? He's turning 14 this May. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm just like, that's... Whoa, dude. Whoa. Um, so, no, uh, so, I mean, 
that, that's about it. You know, basically just the shepherd of the home. Uh, you know, like what I've just been just helping out at the church. Um, basically my future goals, I would say just, I'm probably going to get back into medical Mm -hmm. because with all, with all the high demand, man, I feel like it's time. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not triggered thinking about all that stuff anymore as much, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I, I could still, uh, Go with the go with the mission where it's like there's a new fire for for that love for for it because I'll be honest with you I got a little jaded doing a lot of that medical stuff uh, and then and then uh, you know it was like hey when you look back could I even do that stuff again and the mental pressure of those type of situations you're like man do i even want to be in a situation like that again (laughs) yeah no you you asked me that last night when i was driving home um and that yeah that definitely was something that i've noticed is that i don't know like could i would i be as moto now i don't know it's crazy dude it's crazy to think about what we went through because it's not I did. I get up, I go and I sit in a cubicle and then I come home and like, sometimes I take my dog for a long walk, you know, <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. my life is just so much different than it was. Right. No, I, I, and I like to go and say it like this, that, uh, that warrior, it's just, you know, it's just like a fine wine. It's just aging. It just looks different. You know, it looks different. Uh, meaning, uh, you know, Hey, yeah, you could turn it on. You can go and uh, go high tempo if you want to. Uh, just you know, there's going to be effects with that. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's doesn't feel the same. Like I just did a, I just did an 18 mile hike in the mountains over three days, and I was just like, this is not the same as it used to be. Like this is there's like a weird, like I am tired. Like I actually need to sit down after that and like rest my bones. You know, I don't know. Things are just different, yeah. man. Right, so um, I'm just you know taking it, taking it one day at a time, man. Because it's easy to go and uh, just be like, "Hey, f it," you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, um, no, I just I gotta stay thankful uh, and you know gratitude and uh, mindful of the things that uh, could go and lead me into just that slump. So I'm just taking it one day at a time and. Yeah, I'm thankful that you had me on the podcast today. It was, it well, it was me that there's, there's there's still things coming up to the surface. Yeah, I mean, it was um, well, one, thank you very much for talking, telling your story. Um, it's, I think it's huge. I think it's bigger than us. I think it's something that people need to hear because, um, politically, whoever you are, you kind of need to know what actually happens. Like, I feel like people should be a little bit more aware um, when it's just kind of like, oh, we're just going to intervene in this country. It's like, you should know that there's like fucking people, you know, there's like human beings that are that both Iraqi and American and Marines and sailors and everything. And it's like, um, so thank you for sharing. That's awesome. And it was serendipitous or meant to be or something that you called me yesterday because I was gonna actually uh correct myself about you know some of the time frames of things that happen 
and I was like, the perfect guy just called me out of the blue. He called me twice too. You called me twice in a row, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, bro, I'm working, dog. Like, <laughs> like I'm in, I work at a cube, and I like get bitched at. Well, hold up, I can't talk too much, but it's a cubicle. There's, it's like I'm working in an office. You can't just be having telling war stories to each other on the phone, you know, <laughs> getting loud, telling, laughing at, at la laughing about stuff that's seriously hilarious. Like I had no idea that you missed the flight. That's like the yeah. funniest shit I've heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, if you ever talk to 40 about it, I always, I've brought it up before. The last time I talked to him, uh, back in 2009, 2010, I was just like, Hey, remember when we? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's still in, isn't he? We need. Yeah, I need to hit him up. I'm trying, dude. I'm, I'm. I'm trying to get back in touch with everybody. Like, I want to. I want to set up some sort of yearly, or more than yearly thing. Maybe I don't know. I just want because I've started this. Like so many people, Sheldon, uh, Rivera, Tellison, like so many people are talking to me that I haven't talked to in forever, and it's it's so awesome. It's like, and you, you know, you hit me up, I haven't talked to you longer than I hadn't talked to any of those guys, and it's 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 seriously awesome to, to see you, you know, we're doing video chat, um, and, yeah. Well, we... Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> it's been an hour, it's been an hour and a half, and, uh, this is by far the longest one so far, and I think the best one so far. Well, thanks, bro. I, yeah. I'd be glad to be on your show anytime. I just, uh, you know, I'd love to see where this goes. It's really cool. Yeah, thanks, man. And, right, uh, bro. love you. you take it easy. Love you too, man. <laughs> Peace. <All right. laughs>